Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. And today we're going to be talking about mental health and the business world, as I am joined by number one international best-selling author, speaker, and co-founder of Executive Global Network, Nick Johnson. Nick is a person who helps senior executive leaders and business owners. He gives them a safe space to share their challenges learn from each other, and receive support. So, Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much, uh, Curtis, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be with you and to discuss this topic, which is so important uh, to do cover. I know many times it's full of stigma and people prefer to not talk about it. So hats off to you, Curtis. Well, Nick is straight from Singapore. So, Nick, why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Yes, sure. So I was born in Sweden, but in uh, 1998, I moved to Australia to study, which is as far away basically as you can go in the world from Sweden. And down there then I felt that it was a bit far away from home. So I moved halfway to Southeast Asia and I spent the last 15 years living and working in Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand and Singapore. And I held the various uh, senior manager roles in big international firms. Uh, I worked my way up to uh, basically a general manager, general director. And then since a few years ago now, I have changed and my life is different. I'm now a small business owner and creating a safe space for senior executives where they can discuss the work-related challenges. Well, what made you want to get get started in that and and take kind of like a lead role or take the initiative to strictly want to help with executive mental health? Well, I found myself in my career path um, quite lonely. And that is looking back at it. I hit rock bottom myself uh, in 2018 and it was a downward spiral from 2015. So I went through, through three years of challenging times, both at home where I went through a divorce and then I lost appetite for exercising and I started to eat a bad diet. And with that, I fell into a depression. And then I resigned from my work and I didn't really know where I was. So I was quite lost myself. And it's only when I hit rock bottom and I come back into recovery and looking back at the journey I had, I wish I had some support. I wish I spoke up about loneliness and how I felt in the workplace when I was there. So now, therefore, I'm, I'm changed my life to now support other executives when they are there so they don't fall into what I, the, the lows that I found myself in. Well, tell us about you. You even set up a peer network for senior executives and business owners. So t- tell us about that peer network and, and tell them exactly what that peer network does. Yes. So, um, I'm running this network in Singapore, Indonesia, and Malaysia as of now. Um, And it's really a safe 
place for senior executives to discuss their work-related challenges. Uh, what we then do is that we group the executives based on seniority, and they don't have any competitor inside the same group. They all sign a non-disclosure agreement so that they should feel that this is a private, confidential, safe place where they can discuss their work-related challenges. We also then provide a moderator, which is facilitating the discussions. Uh, they meet uh, for four hours, six times a year. So this is really the times when they can prepare and come in and discuss the challenges they are facing in the work. It could be perhaps a conflict with a team. So it can be a challenge with managing upwards, managing uh, you know, the, the head office or the owners or the founders or anything else that they feel that they cannot discuss internally in the and in the company with their colleagues. They bring that in here and get support and by getting other views because uh, most likely there's been someone who's been there before who can give them the sympathy and support. Well, you know, sometimes executives can feel lonely and suffer from isolation at work, I guess, because they, like you say, they got conflict and everybody wanting them to do this and do that or not liking them, but give some tips to people who are in these positions how they can avoid workplace isolation. Well, I would say that the key here is to dare to be vulnerable. We, we, we're trying to cover everything up in our lives. And I, I call it a smiling depression where especially senior executives, you know, they perhaps are paid a premium salary they expected to handle the pressure. They are, uh, you know, trying to hold it all together. And what we are forgetting is that they are humans too. They also go through challenges at home. They also have health issues from time to time. They can also go through some uh, times of anxiety and perhaps even depression. And still trying to hold it together then is what brings this loneliness. When you don't discuss with the people around you how you are feeling. So indeed, the solution is here to be vulnerable to dare as a leader to also show that you are human. And if you are go going through some challenges, uh, try not to cover it up, but instead discuss it. And if you really, really uh, cannot discuss it in your company, because perhaps you think that it would damage your career if you expose yourself too much, then indeed go to a confidential place like a peer group or go to a coach, go to a mentor, and discuss this so that you don't feel that you are suffering alone. Instead, you know, by opening up and sharing your problem with someone, then immediately you will feel that the isolation is lifted from you. Well, can you talk about how the mental health challenges has, has changed since the pandemic in the last 18 months? How is it different for these executives and business owners than it was in the past before the pandemic? Well, I think that it has, uh, first, it, it was a little bit challenging because everyone was working from home. And uh, I did a survey before the pandemic of senior executives here where I live and work in Singapore. And it showed that 30% of the senior executives were suffering from loneliness from time to time. And when I did this survey in 2020, so in the middle of the pandemic, the numbers had doubled to 59%. So that means that, you know, the executives were suffering more from loneliness as they were then also working remotely from home trying to run the organizations many of them then in crisis mode and not being able to their colleagues in person so that was what we saw initially 
but down the line, then when people and companies were working from home, we found ways to unite online. We started to have all hands meeting, all staff meeting, and people then decided to also to start opening up a little bit. The people started to ask, are you okay? And people spoke up when they were asked. People started to feel that it's okay to say that I'm not okay. There was a lot of sympathy for each other. And in that sense, it was a positive uh, change that we are at least starting to talk about mental health. And And Curtis, I was invited to so many of these uh, online events. I was back to back almost every day during the the lockdowns, talking to companies, talking to executives, sharing my story then uh, to try to you know inspire them to also dare to speak up about their challenges and to to show that you know it's okay to talk about the the challenges we've gone through. So indeed, I I saw a lot of positive changes, Curtis and. I just want to add one more thing here, uh, and that is that during this time, uh, many of the therapists and psychologists and so on started also to do online bookings. So perhaps before the pandemic, uh, you had to go and see a psychologist, uh, perhaps in a clinic, and many people would be shy to go there. Perhaps they're seen in the waiting room, and, and there's a lot of stigma around this. But now when everything here is also online, you can book a one-on-one session with a psychologist and do it uh, perhaps from your, or from your office and close the door, or you can do it from your home and you don't have to be seen. So therefore the confidentiality is there. And that's what I heard from many executives that they now finally also decided to go ahead and get some help because there's no stigma attached to it in that. So for those who might be going through things, but don't realize that, you know, stuff like stress, workplace depression, isolation, and loneliness give some symptoms so people can detect and know that they, that there might be an issue in the workplace. Yeah, the, there's signs to look for. And specifically, if you are living with a partner, you have a close friend of yours. And if this person suddenly start to lose weight or gain weight, or they lose interest in a hobby. So if if your wife or husband uh, typically are playing the guitar, you know, uh, one or two hours every day because that's the biggest passion and suddenly they stop uh, playing the guitar or you see a mother who lose interest in her baby suddenly or let's say that uh, for many years you've been cooking food together on a Saturday and suddenly one of your partners have no interest in that. Those are all warning signs that something is not right. But on the outside, it's very difficult to tell normally on if a person is actually suffering in terms. We we just trained so well to hide and to cover up for this. So that is the the challenges here. Well, tell the audience about your book. Tell us about you know what listeners can expect when they read it and where you can get it and why you decided to write it and all that good stuff. Yeah. So. And as I mentioned, I did a survey before the pandemic where I surveyed executives about loneliness and during the pandemic. And when I got those findings back, and uh, I also did some interviews and so on, and the results really inspired me. I realized that I was onto something that people didn't really know. Uh, I then also interviewed a lot of executives uh, one-on-one. And what I found out that there was a lot more suffering than I could ever imagine. 
So I shared uh, these findings of the, both the survey and the interviews then with a local radio station and then with a newspaper and it resulted in a four day, uh, four pages feature in the local business newspaper here in Singapore, which was at the time the biggest media exposure in the history of Singapore covering mental health and loneliness. So this then went viral. And before I knew it, I was in so many different media interviews talking about that. And when I had this back, I received so much positive support. Uh, people wrote to me from all over the world saying that it was great. I covered this topic that, you know, and they were saying my wife was suffering from a depression before and, you know, I didn't know it. And then they said that someone they knew had died of suicide and so on. They said, it's so good that we're talking about this uh, so that inspired me uh, to take it to the next level. And I decided then to write a book. And um, the book uh, I, I, I wrote in the name of a friend of mine who sadly died of suicide. He had been suffering, uh, but no one knew about it. So I wish that, you know, it was uncovered so we could have helped him. But he was also hiding behind that smile. So that was a message that I wanted to get out and, uh, that's why I, I, I spent the time to write the book, complete it. And uh, um, anyone who is interested in the book can look up the title. It's called Executive Loneliness. It's available on Amazon, but also for anyone who prefer to listen. It's also on Audible. Uh, it's not me who read it. It's a professional narrator. So that might be for anyone who want to listen to when they're exercising or for that matter, if anyone is blind and prefer to listen to it, then the audiobook is there as well. Sweet. Glad that you have an accessible way for everybody to check it out. Tell us about any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about. Yeah, so um, we are basically working on the peer networks. And here in Singapore, we have more than 700 members now. It used to be mainly senior executives that were part of these groups. But what we realized during the lockdowns was that also business owners, small business owners, especially SMEs, were also suffering and could feel quite lonely and pressured. So we started to have those groups for SMEs. And that is now the fastest growing segment for us, um, where then you can be part of a group of other SMEs where you can learn about, uh, you know, cash flow management, exit plans, partnerships, marketing, and so on. So again, they come in and discuss the challenges and get support of that. So that's a, a big part of what I do in Singapore. And when it comes to Indonesia and Malaysia, these are developing countries where, you know, this is a new concept and it's so much stigma over there compared to in the West uh, of opening up and, uh, it's new concept for them. So we we really have to practice that there and, and, and spreading the message that it's okay to talk up. And of course, this is the first first level before things get too serious. And I also want to add that outside of my professional workplace and the peer groups, I'm giving back as much as I can to the local society. I try to do something every day uh, I'm a fundraiser and volunteer for a suicide prevention agency over here and also uh, uh, another mental health related organization, an anonymous organization for uh, problem drinkers or people who fall into alcohol addiction. And there I'm also trying to support and, and help out uh, on a day-to-day -day basis uh, if, as much as I have time. So that's a little bit what I'm working on. At 
So is your peer group available only where you live or it, do you do virtual worldwide? Um, there are peer, these kind of peer networks uh, all over the world. Also in the US, I know that it's quite popular for senior executives to belong to a peer group. Um, so the, during the pandemic, some of them went online. Uh, now a lot of it is back in person because it is also quite important to meet in person. There's more trust uh, in person. When you're online, people part might be worried who else is listening or else is watching or uh, maybe someone could even record it. So we we find that, you know, there's more depth, there's more honesty, conversation go deeper in person. So the best would be to join some local network um, where you live. And uh, uh, that would be my advice. How can people connect with you and keep up with everything you're doing? Throw out your contact information, website, any anything like that that you have? Yeah, so the, the book is very easy to find on Amazon, uh, Executive Loneliness. And as for myself, I'm quite active on LinkedIn, where they can look up uh, Nick Johnson. That's the Swedish spelling. It's N-I-C-K. And Johnson is J-O-N-S-S-O-N. Uh, and I'm happy to connect with people on LinkedIn. Okay, we'll close this out with some final thoughts, maybe something that I failed to talk about that you would like to touch on or just any final thoughts that you might have for the audience before we close it out. Yes, I, I would love to end with to say that uh, one more finding that we did, and that was that uh, you know 85% of the executives didn't find it uh, convenient or were not comfortable to discuss their work-related challenges or mental health issues with a boss. So please remember that if you are a senior executive, that you know, find a way to talk about your issues, your challenges at the first stage before it becomes too severe. And if it is severe and you're going through depression, speak to a therapist, join some anonymous organization, mental health support hotlines are there. The worst thing you can do is hold on to it and don't talk to anyone about it. So that's my final remark and uh, the advice to everyone that don't do what I do, keep it inside myself, all the pain for three years. Uh, you don't have to hit rock bottom. Uh, take action right now and, and you will be on your way to feeling a lot better. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Johnson, J-O-N-S-S-O-N. Please be sure to check him out. Follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. And if you know somebody that might be in need of one of these peer support groups, reach out and try to search and find. Now, now, Nick, if somebody needed a resource, how how would they go about finding one of these peer support groups on the uh, internet? Well, uh, there's so many. If you just go to Google and you put in a peer group or peer network, you will find uh, a lot. It's peer-to-peer networks, and uh, you will definitely find them in uh, all cities in uh, in the U.S. Yeah, maybe you can type in something like mental health peer-to-peer network. So if there's anybody out there that needs it, that's listening, or you know anybody, just forward them this episode and let them know how to find it. Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.